welcome to the moonshine jesus show uh we are thankful that you are either watching live or listening back on the podcast thank you for being here with us on the show uh we remind you that the moonshine jesus show is brought to you by progressivechristianity.org you can get all your progressive christian resource needs there we encourage you to do so and also we encourage you to check us out on facebook follow us there as well as make sure you're following us on whatever your favorite resource for scheduling and subscribing to podcasts are more importantly let's welcome caleb glad to see you buddy how are you doing today I'm doing fantastic, Mark. Yep. I can't wait Excellent. to dive in deep to talk about silo. Ah, deep. Uh, let's see, see what, what I did, did there. there. <laughs> Very good. As Caleb points I'm good. Out, How are, are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. As Caleb points out, we are going to be talking about Apple TV's newest entry into the apocalyptic genre. Uh, and I think they did a pretty interesting job compared to We're getting a lot of apocalyptic genre stuff silo is an interesting take i think we're going to have a fun conversation about it but let's let's first uh, make sure that we know what beverages what themed beverages we're having what uh what direction did you go on for uh your beverage for silo so there's a scene where the mayor goes and gives the head of it uh, a drink a bottle of brandy oh huh? I, you got brandy themed too okay so, but I, I've got the Brandy Cocktail. That's the name of this. So it's okay. just Brandy, right. it's Orange Curacao, and Bitters. The Brandy Cocktail, Lovely. that's what I'm drinking. Okay. So you're drinking a Brandy-themed thing, too. Not Brandy. I, I would, okay. My second favorite, I think it's not a surprise to anyone who listens to the show that my favorite uh, alcoholic beverage is bourbon. My second, what? I know, what a surprise. <laughs> my second favorite outside of kind of the whiskey genre is actually red wine. And red wine is one of the things that is banned, that is mm -hmm. contraband and is held mm -hmm. in high regard. And there was a, a scene, a very important, pivotal scene where one of the characters was getting a very old bottle of red wine together to have uh, a, an intimate time together with a, a new connection that was made. So mm -hmm. I just have a very large glass of oh, okay. one of my favorite Cabernet Sauvignons. Uh, so cheers to you, sir. And, cheers uh, to you, Mark. I'm, Looking forward to the show, and we'll catch all of you on the other side in our Geek Out segment. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today we're talking about Apple TV's Silo. In a toxic, dystopian future, where a community exists in a giant silo, hundreds of stories deep beneath the ground, 10,000 people live in a society full of regulations they believe are to protect them. Is the outside air really toxic? How did they get there? Okay. Mark, uh, I got to admit, when I heard the premise to this, right. I was like, <laughs> right. really? Kind of cheesy, right? Kind of over the top, kind of, how, more, how much more melodramatic can they make this? <laughs> right? In a world where people live in a silo <laughs> under the ground, <laughs> is the reality really what they think? You know, okay. You know, this, did you ever see uh, Snow, Snowpiercer about the train? 
Yeah, yeah, on this a train. Is, this is the train stood upright. That's all this is. That's, that's right. Like you got the that's people right. at the back, you got the people at the top and the bottom. Like this is this is fiercer. Just in a upright. world where people can't go outside and they're stuck on a on a bullet train. Yeah. Okay. And, and social stratus are defined by you know how close to the top or front you are. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. on paper, this looks like it's like, oh well, we had to do something. We, we had, had to, to do something. Had to talk about dystopian something. Dystopian. I gotta tell you, man, I'm kind of into this show. I'm kind okay. Yeah. So it uh, upon you know first look, it looks really yeah. cheesy, but yeah. I actually I was in right from the beginning. I you yeah. know it really grabbed a hold of you. It's it's pretty good. So so what do you think of it, Mark? Do you I, I like think- this show. I really like it. It's smart in so many ways. I think the writing is a big part of why they they're they're covering a lot of topics, and we're going to you know touch on some of those in our theopolitico segment. A lot of really kind of difficult topics, but they're handling them really well, and the pivoting back and forth between them. I even love that the first episode seemed to give us a main protagonist, and then they just flipped it on us. Like all of a sudden, we got this whole new protagonist that seems to be that who we're going to be following for the next uh i think it's a 10 episode series so for the next nine episodes and 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 i didn't i didn't feel betrayed when they did it which for me is a sign of some really good writing some great acting rebecca ferguson uh is incredible in this and we get lots of like tim robbins and other folks who do a really great job um i love what they're doing here uh, i love the story arches i love that it's a little more episodic than a lot of stuff that we've seen yeah there is this one larger storyline that's going across the 10 but they kind of almost have uh, standalone episodes which we don't see a lot right now particularly in this apocalyptic kind of genre and and i've i've really enjoyed it music's been fantastic the the scenery is incredible like they do a great job figuring out this uh post-apocalyptic world that still has some nods to a high-tech past but not really enough i don't know i mean where 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 did you end up what are you thinking about it yeah i'm really enjoying it too i think it's uh, a lot more interesting than i would have thought because you know Mm. you would think okay they're in a silo they're in a confined space how much story development can they really do Uh, i agree that i i love the first uh, episode and you know, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like The Last of Us that we we kind of follow the character for mm-hmm. a while and then get a, a new character. And in the same way, I didn't feel betrayed on this one in the same way that I didn't feel betrayed when I was watching The Last yeah, of Us. Great and I think you're right. It's it's good writing on uh, on both parts. So we're in the silo and we don't know much about it. Uh, and one thing we should warn you about is that if you haven't seen Silo, we will have some spoilers here. And <laughs> yeah, so if, if, if you uh, are dying to be surprised, we can't give away too much because there are only yeah. four episodes. So there's well, we should much say, to give there's, away. There's a message right now from Disgruntled Moderate who said they finally caught a live show and it's a show they haven't watched yet. So Disgruntled Moderate and all of those out there who haven't, we will spoil this for you. You might not care, but there are spoilers. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that we don't know is who built the silo and why. Mm -hmm. So I've got to hear your theory on this, Mark, when we're early in. Who do you think built the silo and why? You know, I've flipped on this. Early on, I thought it was an experiment. I honestly did. Mm. I was pretty sure 
that the outside was fine and that this was an experiment with, I think it's 10,000 people that are in this 144 mm -hmm. level silo. I was pretty sure, uh, but I flipped on that. I actually think uh, just because, of course they did, humanity ruined the world. I think that there's mm. probably a group of folks more responsible who, I, I, I'm going to be a little hopeful here. A group yeah. of people who are more responsible for it, who felt some regret, realized what they were doing, and decided to build the silo and try to save part of humanity. And that that's what this is. And that outside really is toxic in some way. Um, I also kind of think, though, that those suits are designed to fail. Mm. Yeah. They don't want any chance of anyone getting out and somehow surviving for a while and, I don't know, hurting the silo, disrupting yeah. the silo, or whatever that happens to be. Yeah. So what what, what do you think? How, why do you think they're there? How do you think that this all came about? Okay. So I think, I, I think that someone is in charge, maybe someone in judicial knows mm. more than, uh, than they're letting on. And I think you did it again. <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and answer your question. That was one of my questions <laughs> is whether or not someone on the inside time. knows. Yeah. Okay, I think they ahead. do. I want to hear the answer. I want to hear the answer. I yeah. think they do. Who do you and think it is? I, I think the outside world's fine. Um, and okay. I think that they want to keep everyone in there for control. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think the suits are not only designed to fail. I think they're pumping toxic gas. Through that was them. my thought at first as well. Um, I, I, because they that. get out there and it's it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, the, the sheriff goes out and it's beautiful. It's not obscured like like it right. looks like it is. And yeah. I think they are clearly running it through some kind of filter. And I think it's for control and manipulation. In At first, side. I thought it was some kind of gas that actually knocked them out. And then they replaced yeah. the bodies and took them somewhere else. I kind of am starting to think differently of that. So who, but I'm curious, this was yeah. part of my question. Who on the inside do you think knows what's really going on? So at first I thought it was going to be the mayor. And then right. I, I, I discovered Definitely pretty quickly that I was wrong Definitely about that. <laughs> right. so I think yeah. it, so I think it's got to be someone in, in judicial and the, the judge. Okay. Who, who else? Do you, so you think it's a judge? Is that one of the people? I, I think it's a security force chief played by a common. Uh -huh. uh, and I think that it's the head of it. He, he mm. he's a little bit too shady and seems to know a little bit too much and seem mm -hmm. he seemed to be a little more disturbed when rules are being broken than other people. And I uh -huh. think that there's a, a reason for that, that he understands the risk of breaking them more than most people. I don't know. That's yeah. my that's yeah. my guess. on it. Yeah. So he also seemed pretty. Uh, opposed to Juliet, the main oh, character we're following, uh, becoming the sheriff. And yet he did still kind of, uh, he did still install her, uh, put her in the position. Do you think yeah. he's going to uh, continually undermine her? Or do you think he wants someone who doesn't know a lot of, about law enforcement there to yeah. monitor some kind of shady activity that he's doing? Oh, I think there's no doubt. I'm going to go ahead and spoil yeah. one of my questions, which is this is risky. This is risky because I only have one, only have one question left. Only have one I'm going to try and take it. All right. We'll see if it happens. Okay. It's going to be for a really lousy, uh, make me look stupid segment because I won't have any questions. I'm going to be like, I don't know what to ask you. All right. So um, I think 
that the head of IT, Tim Robbins' character, mm -hmm. uh, Ber Bernard Holland, I uh -huh. think that he, he won. I think he killed the mayor. I think he's the person that did it because uh -huh. the mayor was bucking the system and it's so important to follow the rules. I think that he will continue to hound Juliet. And a matter of fact, I think that I don't know how much longer Juliet's going to be able to keep her position now that he is the acting mayor. And uh -huh. I, because we know, we know as viewers that she is investigating some questions that the outgoing sheriff realized that there was a truth that's out there. Mm -hmm. The truth is out there. There's a great uh, sci-fi theme right there. Um, and that she's investigating it and he's going to start catching wind of it. And I don't, I don't, she's too important of a protagonist. So he, I don't think he, he'll kill her, but he'll do something to her to either undermine her as sheriff and she being sheriff becomes miserable or demoting her or, I think there's even some chance he'll set her up so that she gets uh, put on the outside in some mm. way, particularly if we start yeah. seeing an outside story developing and that she'll get mm -hmm. pushed out there. So that's that's what I'm thinking. What I mean, obviously, you asked the question, so you had some thoughts on this. I think I uh, I thought the head of IT as well, because the mayor gave him brandy. He knew that she had alcohol stored away somewhere, mm -hmm. so he knew to, to hide it. But uh, so I think I think he's involved in that. And I think he'll definitely continue to undermine her. But here's here's my question, since you brought this up, the death of the uh -oh. mayor. Um, OK, so I, I wanted to know who you thought killed the mayor. And you've told me I want to know, do you think the death of the mayor is linked to George's death, so Julie Juliet's boyfriend, who was investigating right. stuff on the outside. Do you think? Do you think the mayor's death is linked to his death? I think it's only linked to his death in that I do think that the people inside who know what's going on, including mm -hmm. the head of IT, uh, uh, Bernard. Um, I think Bernard had a lot to do with Juliet's boyfriend's yeah. death because mm -hmm. he was a, he was using contraband, and they they have this real issue with you learning anything about history. Um, uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so I think they're connected in that they both were risking in someone's eyes, whatever the silo was supposed to be and whatever it's supposed to be doing. So I think they're connected in that, that, that the same group of people or single person took them out as a threat to what they were doing. Okay. And another, another part to this question Okay, yeah. so maybe so maybe it's someone who's involved, uh, the same person or persons involved mm -hmm. in the death of the mayor and the death of George. So we also discover that in this the last episode, episode four, that Juliet's family died, her mother and her little brother, and only her dad was left alive as a doctor. Right. So do you how do you think her family died? And do you think it was natural causes or do you think this same group was somehow involved in the death of her family? I think that the, the death of the family is just a setup for her character so that she, so it's easier to explain a broken relationship with a, 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 a um, career driven father and not a, a mother or brother or anyone around. It also shows her um, dealing with trauma at a young age. So it explains her decision to leave what's a pretty high class because as we've hinted, the silo is stacked. The higher up you are in the silo, the, the higher class you are and the classes tend to be divided and don't really mix a whole lot. And I think it just, I think that's just a good storyline to explain why she ends up in the, what is it called? The down deep or mm -hmm. the bottom class. 
Yeah. I think that's all it is. So I don't I don't think it's connected. What what do you are, are I you think it's connected. It is? I think okay. we're gonna find I out. I, I think we're gonna find out that it's the same guy, maybe maybe uh Tim Robbins yeah. character, Bernard, mm-hmm. that uh, that has killed the mayor and George and even yeah. her family. I think that's gonna give uh make him a really strong antagonist that we're gonna love to hate and we're gonna want to see her <laughs> overcome. So I think I think throughout the season we're gonna see that develop and we're gonna learn more about uh, her mother and brother's death. Could be. Okay. Here's here's a question I've got to get to before we end the segment, Mark. Please okay. don't please don't spoil my last question. <laughs> oh, let's see if I can get this. as you're prone okay. to do. I, I probably not. I, but we find out that they don't really know anything about the silo. They don't really know anything about the founders, other right. than the founders built the silo, and that's yeah. something we hear the sheriff saying. We, we yeah. don't know who built we, the silo. We don't know who built it, and they all repeat it together. It's very indoctrination right. kind of stuff. We all repeat it together. Right. We don't know why. Yeah, we don't know what happened yeah, to they, the outworld, they don't know who. World. They don't know who the founders are, all that stuff. So yeah. they also pray to the founders, Mark. Uh, mm. Is there anything odd about praying to the founders when they don't have any idea who the founders are? Uh, is there anything odd about it? Oh, yeah. no, that seems perfectly normal to me. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, I mean, uh, are there any parallels with right. uh, with uh, contemporary religion right, <laughs> and, right. and that? I, I thought you might Maybe asking the question is sufficient. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it really, in a lot of ways, is sufficient. I mean, obviously... It's unusual, and obviously we do have that go on in uh, contemporary religion, and there's a lot of unhealthy things that go on alongside of that. But it is a really wonderful way to control people, praying to to a person or a thing or a people that you don't know and you don't understand, and that those in charge get to create what it is and what they care about and how you tr- should respond to them is a it's a great way of controlling people for sure no no one would use that to manipulate people would they not religious people not religious people they care oh, too much about other people right god oh, thank the founders <laughs> thank god thank, thank the founders thank the founders, <laughs> thank the founders that no thank one would do founders. that right of course not <laughs> okay no. Okay, this is this is a fun show, and uh, I'd love to geek out a little bit more. Even though we're only four episodes, and there is a lot here, and there's a a rich development. But we got to dive deeper into the Theo Politico. We got to go to the way down deep, Mark. We got to get down to the Theo Politico (laughs) stuff. So let's take a quick break. Let's have another drink, and we'll come back and get into it. Cheers. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, you're joining us for our Theo Politico segment. So uh, I'm going to kind of uh, stay with the theme you were loosely on there and ask mm-hmm. you this question. Is there anything to learn here in this show about institutions 
that shut out the rest of the world, hold themselves in, and point to the rest of the world as poisons. Are, are we getting any commentary about what that is? And are there things that we might be seeing, you know, in contemporary society that, that might kind of be reflected in that? Never. No. Well, Thank yeah, God. Yeah. None it was of a dumb happens. question. It was a dumb question. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> no, religion is altruistic all the time. And it's very... Look, uh, conservative Christianity right now, fundamentalist Christianity, let's say, and the religious right in the United States is incredibly guilty of this. Uh, Trying to make uh, adherents feel like they're being persecuted and like all Mm -hmm. of the outside world is dangerous and that uh, the only uh, way to survive the outside world is to turn inward, right? And, And so it demonizes all people. And we see this about... Uh, all kinds of issues. Um, we see it about race. We see it about uh, reproductive rights. Uh, we see it about, uh, you know, LGBT folks. And uh, we, uh, we see uh, this, uh, this segment of Christianity in particular in the United States, mm-hmm. othering yep. entire groups of people and yep. uh, really discouraging people from even learning about those other groups. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we continue to see uh, books banned at an incredible rate a really alarming rate and right. you know it, it, i think it's also why we continue to see uh civil justice kind of uh trampled upon you know it, it's really incredible that we're living in 2023 mark and NAACP and other civil rights organizations are having to issue uh, travel warnings about going places like florida yep uh, the, a, a state in our country, that it is not safe for uh, people of color to go into, LGBT yep. folks to go into, anyone who is yep. not cisgender, straight, and white right. to, to and, travel in there, for there to be a travel advisory in our right. own country from civil and, rights and, organizations, and, it's absolutely it's, insane. It's crazy frightening, man. And in that particular yeah. state, I think Florida is a great one to, to use as a case study. You have a governor who is very much in support of it, just signed a law that basically allows the state to take children away from either trans parents or parents mm-hmm. who are trying to get gender affirming care for their own child is allowing the state to take it away. And it was also just announced today that one of Trump's largest mega donors has pulled their support for Trump and has started throwing their money at DeSantis. It just frightens me for what could happen if he were to win. When you look at what's happening, uh, when, if he were to win presidency, what's really happening in um, Florida, which brings me to yet another question. Mm -hmm. Um, So silo is a place where dissent and disagreement questioning the status quo are punished heavily. Mm-hmm. Could the U.S. be on a path to something like that? Yeah. So I, I saw a meme the other day where it said, you know, it's no longer Republican versus Democrat or left versus right. It is a Star Trek future versus a Handmaid's Tale future. And I think in a lot of ways, that's it's right. insightful and funny and scary. And scary, right? Because we are fighting for the soul of our nation at the moment. Uh, Who are we going to be? Are we a people who ultimately want to continue to make progress and uh, continuing to to grow in our acceptance of others and uh, work for a place where, uh, where there are more rights guaranteed? Or are we 
going to live in a place where we want only rights for people who are already in power. And I think it's pretty clear that there is a portion of our country that really only wants straight white men uh, to be in charge of anything. And anytime we see any glimpse of equality, they want to right. shut that down as quickly as possible. And it is scary, man, because I think I think in this next election, we're really going to see which direction we're going to move. I mean, I, I know right. that we've that every election election is important, but I think this next presidential election yeah. well, is going to be maybe the most yeah. important of our lifetime. It's interesting because I've said that about the last two elections that we've had. I know, right? Every every election it feels like things are gonna fall apart. Seem to get le- leveled up each time. And then I don't right. disagree with you. I think it's very frightening where we could end up being. It's gonna be a question of whether or not those who are interested in the Star Trek future can motivate the base enough, uh, bring awareness enough to how draconian things mm-hmm. could become if we don't show up in force. Um, and, and the cards already stacked against us with gerrymandering, with uh, voting laws, all kinds of different things. It, it, we're already in a difficult position. Um, we've got a lot that we need to be dealing with, and it's going to be a difficult road. Uh, we could go on and on about that. I'd like to move on to a couple of yep. other questions that are, uh, I guess, tangentially re- related to this, but important. So within uh, the silo, for somewhat understandable reasons, there is a very kind of stringent population control that goes on. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the main storylines and even one of the pieces that might start breaking down what's really going on and is everything really fair and on the up and up is surrounding that issue. But but it brings up the question for me is, is it okay for governments to make choices about reproductive decisions? No. <laughs> I mean, I think- Hey, <laughs> we- <laughs> And why not? I mean, silo presents presents a sort of like, like rational, like, here's why we're going to interfere here. Yeah, right. I think, I think also in in universe, we also, I I think, see maybe some eugenics here. And it's not lost, uh, I I think, on the audience that not only is the sheriff's wife, who we find out did not have her birth control removed like she thought she did. Uh, not only is she someone who asks questions, which people don't right. like, she's also, this is also a couple of color, right? So I, right. I think there's uh, racism going on here. Absolutely. I think whenever government gets involved uh, with that kind of stuff, uh, reproductive health in particular, that, 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 that crosses a whole lot of lines, um, uh, certainly for people being able to make decisions about their own bodies, mm-hmm. which uh, mm-hmm. people ought to be able to do, but, uh, but also uh, in terms of, uh, of thinking about how, how is it that the, the government will want to control you know, who it is that is reproducing. Right. And uh, it just that there's a, a, lot of, a lot of dangerous area there. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that's really, really scary about this time after we've seen Roe v. Wade overturned is that yeah. uh, the government is uh, is really delving in deeper to this. And, you know, there's even movements now, not only, you know, to stop all abortion of any kind, mm-hmm. um, even abortion, you know, 
that is necessary for a woman's health or right. even abortion in cases of what rape, you know, the overturning any of those rights. But also there is a movement to get rid of all birth control altogether, which is also Absolutely. incredibly dangerous. Particularly side uh, so, by side. I mean, right. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I, I agree. And it's very frightening. And, and, and I think a big part of it has to do with trying like, here's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it is all put up as a religious issue of, of yeah. abortion being a religious issue. Prior to the 19, late 1970s in the United States, this was not a religious issue whatsoever. As a matter of fact, the Southern Baptist Conference, 1971, 74, and 76, uh, passed statements affirming the, the importance of access to abortion and making the statement that the government should have very limited influence in this process. What happened was, and I, I'm going to I'm going to get on the soapbox and and a little bit of a his, historian kind of thing here. Get up what there, I, my, Mark. What, it. what actually ended up <laughs> happening was the, the the conservatives in the South were very upset about integrated schools and didn't want to mm -hmm. do it. A ruling was passed through the courts for a particular county in Mississippi that they had to be integrated. Uh, once they integrated, it, the attendance of white folks from integrated public schools fell from 700 to about 200 the first year. And then the next year, no white students showed up. And they were all going to segregated schools. And those segregated schools were getting funding from the government, even though they were founded on segregation. The Republican Party decided that they needed to figure out a way to get people to vote Republican but they couldn't do it on the race issue. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they figured out a way to pivot this to make it about abortion. This has never been a big issue until the issue of race came up. And so this has become a very false, false front. And what they're ultimately, though, trying to do is create a lower class of people, a great working class, which brings me to my final question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great segue. A very strongly defined class system mm -hmm. is a present in silo, along with hurtful stereotypes in it. My question to you is, do you see any parallels with the class system in the U.S.? Uh, think about the down deep having the skill sets where are all in to keep everything going is actually in the lower class. And in the U.S., I would posit that a lot of what the conservative movement is trying to do is to create a great striation, move, remove the middle class, create a, 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 a very privileged upper class and create this giant underclass that uh, serves them and does all the actual work that keeps the society afloat, but are so stressed and so overwhelmed with life that they can't fight and they can't resist. Yeah, and they and they are doing that effective in an yeah. effective way, right? I mean, by making uh, by making voting harder for people who are actively working, for instance. Uh, so in California, of course, we were able to vote for a very long extended period of time, and you can mail right. in ballots, and you can go to the voting center, and it's open at all all kinds of hours. Most states are not like that, you know, and and many states are actively trying to restrict or take away mail-in ballots, for for instance. And, and so, yeah, they're definitely trying to exploit the working class. And I would say uh, that certainly this is happening in the United States. I think it's also important for 
Christians to recognize that this is one of the main things that Jesus spent his ministry confronting, right? The purity system of his day divided people into classes in the same way. And if Mm -hmm. you were seen as ritually impure, then you were on the outskirts of society and you were not able to uh, integrate with everyone else. And so much of Jesus's ministry was spent confronting that purity system to make people equal. And uh, I think like as modern Christians, that all, all of this that we've spent this segment talking about, that as yeah. modern Christians, it's our job to confront that system just Absolutely. as Jesus confronted the purity system in his day. Absolutely. And that's a perfect statement to end this segment on. We could go on and on. There's so, this is a deep, this is kind of what I was trying to hint at earlier when you were talking about very much so that it's easy to take this uh, show at face value and go, oh, it's such a trope and it's so ridiculous. But they cover some very important topics and they handle them very well and they kind of uh, move back and forth between them in a, in a really sophisticated way. So I encourage people to watch mm-hmm. it. We don't have much more time to be talking about the Theopolitico, but we do need to move on because I don't want to give you any more chance to spoil the one question <laughs> that I have left for the Make Me Look Stupid segment. So let's have a, another sip of our drink and come back on the other side for the Make Me Look Stupid segment. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are entering one of our favorite segments, if not <laughs> segment of the show. That's why we save it for last, the Make Me Look Stupid segment, where we get to ask Indeed. a question and see if we can stump our co-host. And it's always my goal throughout the show <laughs> to steal Mark's questions. And today, and you, I, I got one of them. He gave me job. another one. Yep. Uh, and so here's the thing, Mark. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I don't steal the third one. So oh. I'm going to let you go first. You you That's ask so, your third question first. That's so gracious of you. I do appreciate I it. I know, right? Uh, I, I can I, be kind sometimes. I have a, I have a four-word question. Oh! <laughs> of, course, of course you do. Yeah, four <laughs> okay, words. Four part. Okay. No, not four parts. Just four words. The oh, four words. The four whole question is Oh, oh this is... Oh, this is, this is different. I'm okay, going to very a four-part question, man. Right, normally. Okay. No, this is just four words. <laughs> four words, okay. Are there other silos? Ooh, uh, I think there are. I, I, So I, I've been thinking about this. I, I think there are. I don't think this is the only one. I think it'll be interesting to see where they are exactly. But I, I think that... I, but I do think that I don't think it was uh, a catastrophic um, event that got people into these silos. So it'll be interesting to check back and see what we find out. Yeah, but, I, think but I, really do... should, I think this is good enough show that after this season, it's been renewed yeah. for season two. So okay. I think it's yeah. worth coming back after this season. We don't do this a lot, but every now once in a while. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Isn't this worth coming back? I, I think it is because I want to see yeah. whose predictions right. <laughs> I, I want to see how we did on this. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm going to say that 
I I think that people were forced into these into these silos. I don't I think everything's okay on the outside of them, but I don't think that this is the only one. Uh, now I'm I'm not I'm not sure why they're they're in the silos. Other <laughs> right. than I I think that it was for for some groups to control uh, other groups of people. What, what do you think? Do you think there are other silos? I think I'm with you. We agree on that point. Yeah. I definitely think there are other silos. Uh, I started where you are in that yeah. the, the, something that there was some notorious reason for the silos. I've, I've arrived at the c- conclusion that that's a little too far-fetched for me. I okay. think that the silos really are there mm-hmm. because something has happened to the air outside. It might be beautiful mm-hmm. out there and there might be other creatures that can live. We saw birds flying whether that's real or not i'm not 100 percent sure yet mm. but i do think there's something wrong with the air outside but i definitely think that there's other silos and if anyone were to manage to figure out that there's something wrong with the suits that they go out in and figure out how to make it work i think that we might get introduced to other silos yeah. that's my my guess I don't think we're going to be stuck in this one silo. I'm going to say maybe even this. Either we we won't be stuck in it this season, or uh-huh. the cliffhanger at the end of the season will be that there seems to be that someone is on the outside, has fixed the suit, have overcome the suit, and say something that is possibly another silo. That's my yeah. guess. Uh, I I've got... Uh, a few questions I'm thinking about here. So I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to pick, but I, I, I think I know. Um, right. So you, uh, and I think I know where you're going to land on this since I, it's, oh, yeah. since you think that the, um, since you think it's toxic air outside, but I want to know, do you think that the people who are outside the silo are yeah. really dead? That's a good question. Um, Yes. I think that they're really dead because the suits were designed to kill them. And that if they take their helmets off, they're going to die because of the toxicity in the air. Um, I think that I think that the key is those suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just something about when the sheriff died that made me feel like he all of a sudden recognized something was wrong with the suit. And he took his helmet off or tried to take his helmet off and that he still died because the air is toxic. That's, that's kind of my pivot point. That's when I started changing my mind about everything. So, yeah, I think they're really dead. I didn't at first, I thought that they were being replaced and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, what do you, obviously you're, you, you're leaning in a different direction. I think that most of them are really dead because of the toxic air in the suits. I think they're, yes. they're putting in poison. I think the sheriff is not really dead. Okay. I think he's still alive. I think he pulled his his helmet off in time yeah. that okay. he could breathe the clean air. And yeah. I think the screen is showing him as dead. But, you know, there was that. that how how did they, they sh- do that? How did Look, they do they, that? Because we see him take yeah. a helmet off, but we see him go to his wife and then he collapses on her and then never moves again. And the body's yeah, still, I, in later scenes, the body's still there. How did that? It's but it's someone a screen, seems to be it, watching it all the time. It's a screen, not a window, and I think they're using fair. computers it to is. manipulate the the image. And yeah. so, That's whenever fair. they shut down the 
the power to do the repair on the yeah. on the stuff downstairs. So the so the screen goes green. And first of yeah. all, they see a, get a little vision quick, of outside. Quick, quick yeah, little flash of green outside. Or, or yeah, the blue green, sky. The blue sky is a little green. Yeah. And then and then we see the screen go green, and then it goes yeah. off. I I think that they're looking at a fake image. Uh, and that the sheriff has made it, and I think he's going to re. I think he's going to reappear sometime this I, I season. I agree with you on this fake image. I think it's a fake image, uh, but because I, I do think it's green and blue yeah. outside, but I think yeah. the air is still toxic, and that they are trying to discourage people from even thinking about going outside by making it look horrific, like having the image match the actual air quality. Okay. We've got to come back to it now because we got to know right, <laughs> what right. happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I will tell you this. It drops every Friday, yeah. and my wife and I will both be watching every Friday to follow along. It is that good. It is really a unique entry into this kind of apocalyptic uh, uh, genre, even though there's so many normal tropes in it. They're, they're doing new stuff, I feel like. And I feel like this is an important disclaimer in case we haven't said enough. It's better than it sounds like it's going to be. Yes, it you know? <laughs> Give it a shot. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're, uh, we're, we've talked about silo and it's, yep. it's been a lot of fun, but we got to look towards next week. Do you yes. have a suggestion for next week? I Mark? do have a suggestion. You know, we're in that kind of weird time where there's not a lot of great new things coming out, but there is a, a movie that came out last year that only, did okay in the box office, partly because we were coming out of COVID, partly because it wasn't advertised well, but there's some good actors in it, and it's got like a 70-something on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think it might be worth doing. Drops tomorrow on several streaming, I think Apple TV, I think uh, uh, Prime Video, maybe a couple Mm -hmm. other places. Uh, It is called 3,000 Years of Longing, and I'll read you their brief synopsis. Hmm. Brief synopsis. While attending a conference in Istanbul, Dr. Athena Bini uh, happens to encounter a djinn who offers her three wishes in in exchange for his freedom. Uh, This presents two problems. First, she's in real doubt. And second, because she is a scholar of story and mythology, she kind of knows all the cautionary tales of wishes gone wrong. So the djinn pleads his case with her, telling her some fantastical stories from his past. And eventually she's beguiled and makes a wish that surprises both of them. Sounds like it could be interesting. That sounds pretty good. I think yeah, with yeah. all the mythology stuff in there, I bet Absolutely. we can find some stuff to talk about. I'm in. Absolutely. 3,000 years of longing. 3,000 okay. years cool. of longing. It should be a good time. Like I said, some great actors, reasonable uh Rotten Tomatoes uh, uh, ranking, so we should be all right. But before we go, we need to let people know about, we've been talking a little bit already about us being at the Wild Goose Festival. Excited about that. uh, We're still waiting to hear about, you know, what our timing will be, where we'll be, and once we know, we'll let you know. But we will tell you, for you, our beloved listeners, Mm -hmm. we have secured a discount so that you can come and join us and be with us as we are uh, uh, giving a live performance. And we'll have plenty of giveaways. It'll be worth your time, I promise you. So please consider coming. Uh, so our discount, we, we can get you $50 off of the admittance Oh, price, that's pretty good. Which is yeah. not bad at all. All you got to do is enter the discount sh- code of, of course, Moonshine. What a perfect discount code. Yeah. 
So I keep it. that in mind. Please go grab you some tickets. Come and see us. Join us for our good time. Uh, and we'll make sure that you get a couple of nice giveaways. Uh, uh, if you get, if you show up through our discount code, just let us know that you've done that. Uh, it should be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Aren't I you? am I looking mean, forward to this it. This will only be our third time in person I know. where you and I are I in the same place doing the show. And this is fun, but that's like a lot uh, of fun. A whole new level of fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really is. truly is. It really truly and is. And what so. makes it better is not just that it's us, you know, doing it yeah. uh, like, uh, you know, in some garage somewhere or something yeah. in person, but like we're with other people who are yeah. engaging with us. And uh, so much man, more you energy. all, the listeners, being there yes. with us, that's the best part. We love it. Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, before we get to Wild Goose, though, we do yes. need to let you all know that oh, yeah. we are going into the summer. And first of all, there are going to be a lot of great things this summer. And we're really, really? excited about a lot of the shows that are coming out. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about something for you. For me. I'm excited uh, that you are getting to take a sabbatical. I know. Which is right? something I'm we really do too. need to let folks know about. It is. So so even though there, uh, there are going to be all these great shows, and we're going to try not to miss those weeks, there yeah. are going to be a few weeks here and there over the summer where we might miss a week of Moonshine Jesus because of travel. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll still be hitting all the big things, but we yep. might need to take a break here and there. So, uh, But one way you can make sure that you can hear the Moonshine Jesus show is to make sure that you head to North Carolina and catch us live Absolutely. at Wild Goose. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening throughout the show. And I uh, can't wait to see you next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus.